Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is the big question, the show that gives you too much information about that jolly fella who sees you when you're sleeping, who knows when you're awake, who knows when you've been bad or good, or your Sith Lord dad's mistake. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> the all-knowing Santa Claus of the Star Wars universe is an astromech droid who will outlive all of us and will tell the tale. Hey, happy life day, everybody. I'm Eric Foss. With me today is Tommy Bechtold. Oh. Hey, man. How you doing? Hey, thank the maker. Thank the maker for this joyous life day. I just removed my virtual reality headset where I was watching some Wookiee erotica. Uh, it's really been a special Star Wars Christmas for me. It's really wonderful. Oh. See, the Wookiee erotica I get into to our episodes of Wookiee Leaks. Ah, um, uh, yes. Well, that is erotica for me as well. <laughs> for somebody it is. Yes. Uh, I've been told. Oh, well, speaking of Wookiee Leaks, The Mandalorian Season 2 has wrapped up. What a wild ride that was. Yes. And I gotta say, this season revealed a lot of interesting secrets about the Star Wars timeline, recontextualizing what we thought we knew, but no character embodies that theme more than our little R2-D2, the mm. astromech droid, who has been there for everything. He knows all all kinds of horrifying truths about this galaxy, but he says nothing to nobody. Yeah. He is essentially the Cold War era spy whose head is filled with so many secrets that he just eventually <laughs> cracks up and they got to send Matthew Reeves and Carrie Russell out to take him out. Yes. Or oh, too. He's going to uh. overload. So what is our, what's our big question this All week? Right. So Eric, my question for you is what did R2-D2 know and when did he know it? What was his involvement with Watergate? <laughs> the lights are off and they must be looking for a fuse box or something because in flashlights they keep me awake yes who does number two work for <laughs> well r2 uh, the more we look into the star wars universe knows pretty much everything he and c3po opened the series as the focal characters of a new hope and they have appeared in all nine chapters of the skywalker saga as well as rogue one but unlike c3po r2 has never had the memory wiped. Mm -hmm. 3PO did well, more than once. C-3PO is definitely the guy who does too much acid in that crew. Like, he's the <laughs> one that's like, oh, he's been there for everything, but he doesn't remember much he's of it. Yeah, you can't trust him. What happened there, 3PO? He's like, I don't remember. <laughs> we were listening to some great tunes, if I recall. <laughs> there was lots of colors. Lots of colors. <laughs> and what's crazy about R2, during his time, he has accompanied a ton of crucial historical figures, was there in the background uh, witnessing a ton of historical moments that no one else did. He was essentially in all the rooms where all of it happened. Tommy, let's break down specifically the craziest things that R2-D2 knew <laughs> yes. when no one else really knew it. Starting with Phantom Menace, R2-D2 knew Padme was using a decoy handmaiden to pose as Queen Amidala in mm. that movie. If you remember, R2's first chronological appearance was as just a mere astromech droid on that ship that saved Amidala's royal cruiser as it was escaping the Naboo blockade. Amidala personally thanked the droid but then later at night well at, well, at night it's in space uh, sleep time in space <laughs> Just really this night. That doesn't make any sense. Everyone else is asleep, including Jar Jar, but R2 was in that room and was alert as Padme snuck in to receive royal correspondence from their advisors. Mm. So that must mean that R2 knew something was up there. And then later, when Padme revealed herself to Boss Nass as the true monarch, R2 wasn't framed and doesn't do any head spinning. He, yeah. he 
new. He's like, damn right. I told you. I put this on my Tumblr two weeks ago. <laughs> no likes. <laughs> no clout. All right. Next thing that's pretty crazy, and I think everyone knows, is R2D2 knew that Padme and Anakin were hooking <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, he did. Uh, before 3PO knew, at least, because in Attack of the Clones, Padme, of course, went home to Naboo, accompanied by Anakin and R2. R2 mm -hmm. was there. You're showing how he can go up and down stairs while mm -hmm. he was there. Was there the whole time while they were flirting, they pretty much made him walk. Tommy. Yes. I don't think maid has anything to do with it. R2 is a dirty, filthy <laughs> scumbag. He was like, mind if I hang out, lit a cigarette, and just hung in there. Padme's like, we gotta stop floating pairs to each other. R2 yeah. keeps giving me this weird look. Yeah. R2 was the original dog who likes to watch. He's just calmed by it. R2, get down from there. You get too good of a view of things. Yeah. Wait, why is he looking into the mirror? This is weird. That's why he has those rocket propulsors. <laughs> he wants to get a weird drone peeping Tommy. Oh. Oh my God, what a creep. Cancel R2-D2. <laughs> Cancel R2. Um, and then that brings us, of course, to the next big bombshell. R2-D2 knew that Padme and Anakin were secretly wed. Mm -hmm. And both 3PO and R2 were present at that secret wedding ceremony. Why? Mm, you know, for visual poetry, for closing images of movies. Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme. But why did they have those droids there? Maybe they wanted to have some uh, witnesses to be yeah. like, yes, I know these two. I know how wrong it is. <laughs> can, can droids? sign documentation as witnesses in the in the world of Star Wars like could C-3PO be the witness to that wedding I wonder that, that's a big question with inside of a question that is a future episode <laughs> big question can droids be notaries we have to ask like Dave Filoni or only he can make that decision now <laughs> now this is the saddest detail about what R2-D2 knew R2-D2 mm. had a personal friendship with Anakin Skywalker between mm. Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith because in the Revenge of the Sith novelization C-3PO and R2-D2 they had this little interesting chat after Anakin becomes Vader and is on his way to ransack the, the Jedi Temple. 3PO asks R2, what is going on with Anakin? And R2 responds, you know, because C-3PO can understand what he says, mm -hmm. translates to, I don't know. Anakin doesn't talk to me anymore. Aww. <laughs> so, and why it's heartbreaking is it means Anakin used to talk to him all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. buddies. Right. Like, just imagine Anakin probably told R2 things that he couldn't divulge to anyone else, to Obi-Wan, to Padme. Yeah. It's just like his buddy hanging out in the back of his starfighter as, you know, he's piloting alone in space for hours and hours. <laughs> R2's his one confidant. They even, like, give evidence of this. At one point, Mace Windu scolds Anakin for encouraging individuality in his droid and mm. Anakin's like well you know this is my only friend and right. now that friend's gone <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> so sad Aww. and R2-D2 is aware of it it's not just like oh the human doesn't yell at me as right. much it's like oh this friend is gone it's like when you stop playing with your family dog or is that just something I did your dog is Fry's dog from Futurama <laughs> this is where we get into some interesting stuff R2-D2 knew that Luke and Leia were the children of Anakin slash Vader and Padme both R2 and 3PO were present for those twins birth and and they were there the moment they were named. They mm. knew those kids would be named Luke and Leia. You'll remember, of course, the moment Bail Organa in Revenge of the Sith ordered that 3PO's memory be wiped, right. but not R2. R2 yeah. made it through there, memory fully intact. I'm sure he wished <laughs> his mind could have been no wiped. No kidding at that point, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd love to unsee this. I don't like sand. No. 
It would be great <laughs> to not know any of this happened. Hell yeah. And the novelization of Revenge of the Sith, again, it makes this knowledge. The Revenge of the Sith novelization, by the way, is a fascinating read uh, mm. because that movie, I think, is underappreciated. The book goes into all this interesting character point of view with Dooku, with, with everybody. Mm. But there is a moment where 3PO says, oh, how lovely. Uh, his daughter is the child of Master Anakin and Senator Amidala. He explained to R2-D2, I can hardly wait to tell her all about her parents. I'm sure she will be very proud. And then Senator Organa said, I have protocol droids mind wiped. What the f***? So that means that when Leia recorded the message for Obi-Wan on the Tantive Four, R2 knew in that moment that Leia was the daughter of Darth Vader, the guy who just took over the oh, ship. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. He didn't say anything. What a uh, good secret keeper. Yeah. I would have been like, hey, cool message. Do you want to know something crazy? That guy is your dad. It's your daddy. That's your daddy. He's your father. That astronaut? That's your dad. That or that salesman? That's your dad. <laughs> that astronaut. That ass. <laughs> the kid in uh, Armageddon didn't know it was an astronaut. He was a salesman. <laughs> Mama, that salesman's on TV. Hijacking the Tanta 4. Now, uh, when we get to just some military plans, R2-D2 knew about the Rogue One crew's sacrifice to attain mm. the Death Star plans that Leia would later give him and what exactly those schematics meant to the cause. Because in Rogue One, R2 and 3PO were in that hangar with an earshot right when Bail Organa ordered Captain Antilles to attend the Battle of Scarif with the Tanafor to intercept those stolen plants. Mm. So they knew what the Rogue One crew was doing. They knew that whole heartbreak when that happened, which is tragic. These things know everything. It's yes. sad. It's just horrible. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, um, everyone. <laughs> now, here's a fun detail that I just realized that R2-D2 knew how to navigate in Tatooine in A New Hope because he had been there before. Oh, right. So <laughs> when their escape pod crash lands, 3PO yeah. bickers with these like, you don't know where you're going. And R2's like, shut up. I'm, I know where I'm going. It's because... As an episode of Clone Wars tells us, R2 had previously visited Tatooine and that whole plot to save Rota the Hutt. So R2's like, yeah, I know where I'm going. I know this Dune plan. I'm good. Don't worry about me. Now, the big controversial one is with Luke being Vader's son. R2-D2 knew teenage Luke was the son of Darth Vader, did not tell him or even contradict Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan lied or, you know, told Luke the truth from a certain point of view. Now, when the Jawas sold R2 to Uncle Owen and Luke, it is possible that R2 in that that moment did not know who Luke was. I don't know if he knew the, the Lars farm was where Luke ended up, but when Luke met Obi-Wan, R2 had to have put two and two together at that point. I mean, we did see that poor little guy tip over and faint. So maybe that's yes. what that was about. R2 has certainly been assigned a lot of emotions and feelings. I uh, wonder if he has a reverence and respect for Obi-Wan yeah. that he's like, if he's lying, he's lying for a good reason. And it's yeah. beyond me to contradict him in this moment. For sure. And there's other interpretations that explain that maybe R2 had this owner's protection protocol system that prevented him from telling his owner, Luke, at that point, anything that might bring him harm. And in that case, you could argue telling Luke that his father murdered his mother, yeah. killed a bunch of kids in a school. Tough to hear. He became a cyborg who uses dark magic to commit war crimes. Yeah. Maybe that would have led Luke to approach his father before he was ready to confront him. It certainly would be, I mean, he'd send a text. 
he definitely sent yeah. a text. Hey, just heard about your past. Not right. interested in meeting up. I mean, I think the whole Star Wars universe decided that Luke's obliviousness was kind of what protected him from yeah. Vader, right? He didn't know he was important, and that's why he didn't think to ever leave the farm home. And it's also kind of fun to think about in the trench run on the Death Star, R2 was accompanying Luke in his, you know, X-Wing as mm-hmm. Vader was pursuing. That droid must have been aware that his former master, Anakin, was the real father of his new master and was now gunning him down. That must have been insane to process. This is exactly like, like when Adam Banks had to play for the Mighty Ducks instead of the Hawks. <laughs> He was playing against his old friends. He knew. He knew who they were. And he didn't care. He still triple deked all the way to the goal. Ah, that's why you need Banks. They got Banks back for D2. They got him for D3. Doesn't he come back to the Ducks in D1? He stays with the Ducks the whole time. He's because redistricting. They redistrict him to. Oh, that's right. It's been too long. Cake eater. Isn't that what they call him? Is that a slur? I feel like maybe that's a slur. Is that a Minnesota slur? (laughs) Cake eater. You're a moose dragger. Okay, this is kind of the creepy one because you're right. RG2 is kind of a creep. He knew that. Luke and Leia were siblings. Yeah, he did. He encouraged it. <laughs> he was there for the birth. He was with them on the Death Star when the brother and sister reunited. He didn't say anything. And then on Hoth, in The Empire Strikes Back, when Leia kisses Luke, he just watches. <laughs> he knows how messed up it is. Doesn't react at all, except if you rewatch that scene, he lets out just the subtlest, missablest I wouldn't whistle. do that. I wouldn't do that. Excuses me. He just does the Pornhub sound. <laughs> Your roommate knows what that sound is. That's right. <laughs> really clearly, that's uh, R2 letting out a scream for help. He's just yeah. like, help. No, God, I can't. They shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> and uh, while we're staying in Empire, uh, R2-D2 previously knew Yoda. Oh, so yes? when Luke and R2 arrive on Dagobah in Empire, R2 gets annoyed with Yoda. They get in a little fight. But... In Clone Wars, this was years before that moment chronologically, R2 accompanied Yoda on a trip to Dagobah, the same mm. swamp planet when Yoda was seeking answers from the Force. So when they were fighting an Empire, R2 must have just been annoyed that Yoda had turned into this crazy old hermit who kept pestering him. <laughs> so like, come on, you know me, you asshole. Stop trying to dig in my drawers. <laughs> Now, he might have just wanted Yoda to, like, cut to the chase to stop goofing around and tell Luke the truth because, mm. you know, R2 can't tell him. Just tell him. Stop goofing around. And then jumping ahead to the Return of the Jedi, R2-D2 knew the full details of Luke's overcomplicated rescue slash escape plan from Jabba in that oh, movie. Yes. R2 and 3PO ended up in Jabba's possession. That was just step one of Luke's weird multi-step plan. <laughs> that plan was followed by Leia disguising herself as a bounty hunter, bringing in Chewie to thaw out Han. Mm-hmm. But uh, then they got captured. Captured, and then uh, Luke got himself captured. All of this was just set up so that R2, whom Luke preloaded with a hidden lightsaber, could alley-oop the weapon to him at the right moment. R2 was sitting on that the whole Beautiful. time, watching watching Leia chained up in a metal <laughs> yeah. bikini. He's, He's like, like I, this is just part of the plan, part of the plan. Yeah, this is great, plan. though. He's cigarette again. He's like, wow, why is that droid always smoking? <laughs> and then, uh, jumping ahead to the sequel trilogy, R2-D2 knew about Luke's failure with Ben Solo mm, in yes. the new Jedi Order. He was there. He was present with Luke as they watched the Jedi temple burn after ben's revolt uh r2 was so tired tommy he just went into sleep mode when who Luke could blame vanished. him this guy's earned a good night's sleep i would go to sleep too after all of that and i'd never wake up i've just like never wake me up just let me sleep forever yes bb8 woke him up when he had that missing piece of the star map to Aj 2 so yeah, yeah he's back in it but then even more tragically r2d2 this is final on our list r2d2 was the first to know leia uh, had died yes he skywalker he sensed that leia was week as she was walking over to the bed and then Mm -hmm. she was trying to send her presence to kylo and to ray in their fight and then the moment leia's hand drops who's there 
to see it. It was the first one to be in that room where it happened. R2-D2. Oh, R2. He's seen so much. Conclusion, R2-D2 watched the entire Skywalker family suffer. And obliviously rushed into weird plans, all kinds of danger, awkward incesty situations, but he was powerless to stop any of it. He was a true elf on a shelf. He's like the Watchers in the Highlander. They can only observe (laughs) and never interfere. Well, thank you, R2, because without you, we wouldn't know what happened. Without you, the movies would be 45 minutes long, as if you had spoken up. I guess with you, but in another way. You could have ended all these conflicts or at least gotten people to make decisions that were more intelligent. But instead, (laughs) you just let them do whatever. You gave them free will. In a way, he's like God. He gave them all free will to make their own legacies and destructive Uh, choices. And uh, God sees you when you're sleeping, knows when you're awake. Oh, yeah, he does. (laughs) And doesn't even bad or good. I put on a show Uh, for God. Ah, don't put that in. That's gross. (laughs) 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 Stunting for God. He knows what that sound is. He knows what that is. <laughs> um, we're gonna keep this jingle jangle jingling uh, with <laughs> ring ting tingling too. <laughs> we got a bite-sized question that we're gonna answer the best we can in one bite of a Santa cookie. All right. Our friend A Tripper on Discord asks, "How does Santa Claus deliver presents to children all around the world in a single night?" Yes, so- A Tripper from the football yeah. picks pool. A Tripper, I recognize yeah. that name. A Tripper, very helpful. Tommy and I. Are going to try to answer this together because you're right. Even if Santa, who does exist, were to travel west with the rotation of the earth as fast as he can, millions of households he would have to hit would make it impossible for someone like that to visit every house in a single night. Yeah. But I think Tommy and I have some theories on on how this is. He's no normal mortal. Well, I'll go first, Eric. Santa is a spirit. A jolly ghost. The laws of physics do not apply to him. He Uh himself is a cosmic specter, but the toys he brings are tangible and real. So while he is not corporal being per se, the toys are real. The joy is real. That makes him even more powerful, Tommy, if you think about it. If you strike him down. (laughs) He's a force ghost. He is a force ghost. That's it. But an even more powerful force ghost who isn't just in another plane who you can communicate with. He can cross over into the tangible realm and produce toys that children can still play with. That's incredible. He can cross uh, over both worlds. He's like the ghost in Field of Dreams who can just go back and forth over the Yes. He's like shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah, do you think the people who buy that farm are like, do the ghosts come with the corn? Can we exercise the ghosts or is that just a thing we have to have? If you build it, he will come. Oh, hell no! Can we cut down the corn stalks and sell them or are they gonna be rid with that? One of the ghosts made my daughter buy him cocaine. Is that <laughs> well, actually that wasn't a ghost? <laughs> that was a drifter. But he was very pale. Idris is a baseball player. He's a ghost now. He did all the cocaine in one sitting. <laughs> okay, a yes. kid's theory too. <laughs> Even if uh Santa was a speedster like the Flash or Quicksilver, mm. Santa could not physically move faster than the speed of light, otherwise he would disintegrate. Yes. So I'm thinking maybe he can create a warp bubble around mm. himself that allows him to teleport through space-time from one house to another house. You got it over the time portal! It's essentially oh. creating a rift in space-time, a wormhole. A wrinkle in time. You bend, you bend the sheet of paper and, yes. and you poke a hole through it. That's what Santa does. You knock books off the shelf. We've all seen Interstellar. Yeah. We get it. Murph! 
Murph. Come on, Murph. You can do this. <laughs> Murph, decorate the tree, Murph. That part is shouldn't be that emotional, and I cry like a baby every time I watch <laughs> yeah. it because he's so worked up yeah. as an actor that I'm like, it, it makes me emotional. Anyway, point three on our little dissertation. What we know as Santa is actually a company called Santa, Society of Altruistic Nicks Throughout America. Oh. Every neighborhood in the United States has a different local Santa, a Naturally. representative of the Santas, if you will. This is the Santa you see at the mall or at oh, Santa's okay. village or the one who comes to your school or the guy who comes home with your mom after a Friday <laughs> night at the movies and yeah. makes a little too much noise and you come out into the hallway and you say, who are you? And he goes, go to bed, kid. I'm Santa Claus. That guy. <laughs> Papa? Tens of thousands of these Santas, but only one Jeff. And they're all oath-swearing, due-paying members of this proud union. Their duties include present delivery, letter and gift list reading, and naughty and nice sorting. Their payment is cookies. They elect a Santa chairman every year, and there's lots of politics involved. This year, I hear there's a disputed election where one Santa won't concede. Well, he's invited the elves from certain certifying boards in swing states, and uh, maybe one might flip. There's a lot of uh, goblin lawsuits. <laughs> Those goblins are gross. They snot all over their goblin yeah. uh, handkerchiefs and wipe it on their That's faces. Right. That's right. That's gross. <laughs> I have another theory. I think that over the years, many of Santa's elves might have just grown older and uh, uh, chubbier, let themselves go. Why weren't you at elf practice? They begin to look like Santa. Okay. Just kind of like how married couples start to look like each yes, other as they're older. Yes. That's what happens with these elves who none of these things can die. They're all immortal. So they yeah. just, as they get older, they start to look like Santa's. Sure. Now he's got like hundreds, thousands of these things. A big team of Santa plus a thousand and thousands of thousands of Santa looking elves. And they yes. all deliver the gifts and a fleet of sleighs. And then Santa has them all dress up in identical Santa clothes so that no kid who happens to see them would know which one is the true Santa. They just all assume the real Santa has come to their house. You sit on a throne of lies. But because Santa's such a good guy, he always does a shift. He always mm. has an undercover boss because each year he he wants to do a different shift in a different neighborhood and get to know the whole world. I like that. That's really nice. That's a nice one. Option uh, five, Santa is like Liberace and he forces his lovers to get plastic surgery to look just like him. Just kidding. That's not it. Uh, <laughs> that was I just made that one up to see who's paying attention. No, number five, Santa is like Zach Morris and can freeze time, but only Whoa. on one night per year and not to bully people the way Zach used it. That's why you never see him actually put the presents under the tree. The dilation oh. is what accounts for the tilt of the earth and the waning and waxing day length throughout the year. It's all those little time blips. That's that's what's making oh. it happen. If Santa didn't do this every Christmas night, every day would be the same length throughout the year. So we actually owe Santa oh. for all those 4.30 <laughs> it's dark outside nights <laughs> that make me so depressed. Thanks, Santa. Santa causes the seasons. <laughs> yes. The seasons don't cause Santa. It's yeah. kind of like our theory about the Night King and Game of Thrones. Yes. That we thought like he came with winter, the winter is coming, but no, his arrival is what brings winter with uh, him. And yes. that's what Santa is. He's the Night King and he's going to be oh. stabbed to death by a little girl. Cindy Lou Who. He's going to pull a real cool move <laughs> yes. with a dagger. <laughs> candy canes, candy canes, 
flick him in a spear and kill your enemies. Stab, 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 stab. Well, I think one of these must be the plausible explanation. I, I don't. I can't think of any other possibility in this. That's got to be it. That's got to be true. It's got to be one of those. Yeah. All right. We have time for one final box of scraps. Scraps. Box of scraps. Christmas edition. Yay! I'm gonna let Miss Potts live. Uh, <laughs> it's the opposite. He's nice about it. All right. What is it? Lay it on me. What is your favorite Christmas memory? I'm gonna say my favorite kid Christmas memory. Okay. When I was five or six, I desperately wanted the Ghostbusters firehouse. It was a toy that Kenner made oh, with the yeah, Ghostbusters yeah. toys, and I didn't think I was gonna get it. Christmas had kind of come and gone, and then it showed up. It got delivered like right on Christmas Eve. <laughs> like it, oh, wow. it showed up like that night and it was a Christmas miracle for me. It's a Christmas miracle. I have a less kind Christmas yes. memory that right. I, I I like to remember because it reminds me of who I am and where I came from. I was 19, maybe 20. It's the Christmas I realized my family uh. is the mean family, is, are the bad guys <laughs> in the world. I love my family, don't get me wrong, but I realized, I looked around, finally objectively at my family, I said, wow, we're a bunch of jerks. <laughs> um, so when I was, yeah, 19 or 20, I went out for, like all of the family was back in town for the holidays mm. and we, uh, I'm, I'm the young of like uh, five siblings so everyone's older and everyone came back in town we went out to lunch somewhere at like this restaurant it was like it was like a diner or something like that and we had a big table because there's a ton of us and did not make reservations and we're kind of rowdy and my dad was just in kind of a bad mood he was in a crabby mood and was like flagging mm. down the server and the server mm. was like no do not flag me down <laughs> oh, is that kind of thing <laughs> everyone was just in kind of like a snotty mood and at one point my brother looks over and someone had another table was wearing one of those you know those festive uh antlers that you yes. can wear oh yes it's like kitty cat ears but they're antlers yes. people wear them during the holidays they're so sweet my brother was kind of like making fun of her like under his breath and then it, it went over to my sister and they were like oh, look at the antlers <laughs> look at this asshole <laughs> look at this asshole and my dad goes what are you talking about what the antlers and the woman <laughs> did a half turn yes and tommy 15 seconds later she took off her antlers. Oh no! You shamed you antler shamed her. We antler shamed this poor happy I mean, Christmas woman. To be fair, antlers aren't an indoor choice for a restaurant. You gotta take those off when you sit down. Come on, it's like a baseball yeah. cap. She sang the national anthem with those antlers on and got booed. She disrespected the flag. I felt so bad, and in that moment, my heart broke, and I was like, oh. Where are the jerk? And I saw myself. I saw my whole family. Like, where are the Grinches? Where are the Scrooges? We're, we're not the nice Christmas family. Yes. We're the ones who snark at the other Christmas families in church for singing Christmas carols. And this yeah. whole time I thought we were cool and we were the heroes of the story, but no, oh. no, 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 we're the villains. We're the Scott Farkas's of, the, of Christmas. <laughs> and I'm the little toady guy. I'm going to tell my dad. <laughs> I will always, going forward, try to be the Christmas saint. I will try to be the Bob Cratchit and not the Scrooge every yes. year going forward after yes. this. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Kind happy holidays from us at New Rock Stars to you. Yes. We hope wherever you are, you are staying safe and find a nice honey to shack up with. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sleep with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I like that you're inside it. You have been eaten by it, and you're yes. just enjoying that. It's digesting me. The juices. Yeah. The juices. It's so warm, finally. <laughs> well, thanks, Tommy, uh, for yes. joining me this episode. It's been great to chat about all this with you. You can make sure to follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow New Rockstars. Send us your big questions using the hashtag big questions. Subscribe to this podcast feed. Give us a nice rating and review. Subscribe to New Rockstars here on YouTube. Hit that notification bell, because every time you do, an angel gets its wings, yes. and the boss family will shoot it down from heaven. Pew! <laughs> Love it. See you next time. Uh, we'll be back next week with everything New Rockstars got wrong this year, and yes. we got everything wrong. <laughs> oh, God, do I have to participate in that? It's going to be so oh, I don't think so, but we're going to need you to, to chime in and Thank God. <laughs> tell us everything we got wrong. All right. All right. See everyone next Bye. week. Bye-bye.